Dave Gettleman is not holding back and bolstering the Giants roster in free agency. We break down the additions of a high-priced cornerback, two ex-Green Bay linebackers, and the other signings Big Blue has made. Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz drops by to analyze the GM's approach so far in free agency and what there is still left to do. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside the star of the show, longtime New York Post football columnist Steve Serby. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate us five stars and write a nice review. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. The legend, Paul Schwartz, from the Post joins us in this free agency special. Let's get into the Giants' move so far in free agency. Yes, we are back despite the quarantine. Blue Rush is here. It's Jake Brown here coming from Astoria. And Steve Serby, the immortal Steve Serby, the face and the voice behind the egg-headed Twitter picture coming from his home. And you are also in Queens, right? Yeah, I'm in Bayside. But that is my photo, by the way. What do you mean? That, that's that's me. Now that I've seen you, it like I could believe that if I haven't met you, but I did finally meet you. So I can confirm that is actually not you. But for, we'll let everyone else believe that. Man, how, how are you doing? Are you washing your hands? Are you Have you left your house? Like, what's the Steve Serby routine now that there's... All also, besides football, not a ton to write about. We've got free agency to write about. Thankfully, we've had the last few days. But now I'm I'm home. I'm quarantined, uh, as many of us are, and many of us should be. And uh, I've been home. Sunday was my last uh, day out. And uh, boy, I uh, think of all the years that we took everything for granted. When this thing passes through, and God willing, it will sooner rather than later, I think we'll all have a different perspective on life. Frightening times, but uh, yes, I am washing my hands more than I ever have in my life. I uh, even carry part of a bar of soap in my pants pocket. Um, A little obsessive there, but that's nothing new for me. But look, we'll get through it and uh, let's let's all be smart and all be safe and stay in as much as possible. It's going to make us appreciate sports, Steve, so much more when it does come back. I mean, I know free agency and everything going on has kind of carried the sports world, but it's not the same as watching a game. It's not the same as watching, you know, a playoff push in the NBA or NHL right now. And spring training would have been over in a week. We would have been at City Field next Thursday. Me and my dad are 18 straight home opener, but now that's probably going to get pushed now to maybe July they're talking uh, for all sports but for now it's free agency carrying it and the Giants have been active before we get to the Giants as we'll talk about with Paul Schwartz later on too I think the big news we got to address is Tom Brady it's not official yet but it all signs are pointing to him being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and I don't know about you but it just feels weird man like a weird spot and I get he's got a lot of offensive targets there and maybe Antonio Brown follows if he could stay on the roster for more than 24 hours but it just feels weird to hear Tom Brady as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer yeah no that is strange 20 years with Bill Belichick and he just got tired of 
of the relationship. He also got tired of, he didn't have enough weapons last year. Rob Gronkowski retired. Belichick never got him another tight end that he could that he could target in the red zone. Julian Edelman was the only receiver he could trust. Antonio Brown lasted one game. Josh Gordon didn't pan out. So Brady decided that uh, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. And uh, so often it is not in sports. Uh, I wish him the best. He's with Bruce Arians now, everybody's favorite uncle, a creative offensive mind. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to throw to. Uh, he's got a an improving defense, and he's got $30 million a year. He's got sunshine for himself, his family, and Giselle. He'll be a sentimental favorite along with uh, Bruce Arians, who's had all kinds of cancer health scares. The NFC is loaded. When I look at, he's got to compete now with Drew Brees and the Saints, who will still be, I believe, the favorites in that division. And he's got the Packers, he's got the Vikings, he's got the 49ers, he's got the Eagles, he's got the Cowboys. He's got to go through all those teams in the NFC. He'll make the Bucks better. Of course he will. And they'll work it out. Arians has a different offensive style than Brady is used to. But I'm wondering how well the Bucs can, can protect him on that offensive line. Their right tackle, Dotson, is going to be 35 years old. Committed a lot of penalties last year. Uh, the left tackle, Donovan Smith, is not elite. The inside of their line is pretty good. But with this coronavirus, another factor that will slow Brady acclamation will be getting in the building and working hands-on with all his new weapons with all his supporting cast that's gonna that's not gonna help him in year one and of course beyond anything else he will be 43 years old in august that's a lot older than you jake yeah it is it's over a dozen years older than me and listen he's got oj howard too is going to be interesting a big tight end uh and you know adam Schefter reporting that everyone wants to join i mean the bucks are getting all these calls from players that want to join brady and yeah he's got the sunshine he's got targets he's got a couple good defensive players but you're right doesn't have a lot of protection and he's got a whole lot of competition i think the afc east what he had going for him is essentially now it's just the bills listen the jets got a little bit better so far but the jets weren't competing with the pats the dolphins weren't competing with the pats it was a two-team division and he was coasting to division titles every year so it's going to be a whole new world one of my favorite songs in my childhood in the nfc and you know, listen i think it's it's a nice story him and arians we'll see tom brady and bruce arians wearing like matching top hats like they're in paris you know, those hats that Bruce Arians likes to wear. Uh, you know, he had dinner with Derek Jeter and the Bucks owner. I mean, a cavalcade of stars at a dinner in Tampa. I think it was the Sunday or Monday before he basically made his decision. But I just think there's way too much, like you said, competition. And there's way too many hurdles that need to be passed for Brady to have a shot at getting the Super Bowl, which coincidentally enough, Steve, is going to be in Tampa. But let's talk about the Giants moves they have been very active Dave Gettleman got a good inside linebacker in Blake Martinez three years 30 million pairing with Kyler Fackrell the two ex-Green Bay linebackers something that the Giants desperately needed was linebackers and you know they addressed it pretty early here they were good signings M Martinez is a tackling machine and is an upgrade over uh, Alec Ogletree Fackrell I like he's a 250 pound linebacker who who had 10 and a half sacks in 2018 didn't have the opportunities in 2019 
2018 to rush the passer because the Packers broke the bank on the Smith brothers in free agency for their pass rush. But he's a good player. He plays special teams as well. They got good value. And and Joe Judge, being a special teams coach, smartly, along with Dave Gettleman, signed Cody Core, who is a reserve receiver. He's not going to get Daniel Jones excited in the, in the passing game, but he is an elite special teamer. He is tremendous on special teams. Cameron Fleming is a swing tackle. They still need help. They really, I believe, with the fourth pick, everybody is screaming for Isaiah Simmons, the, the, the freak from Clemson, who should be a star, but their priority has to be protecting Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, whether Joe Judge will ever say his name or not, is the franchise quarterback, will be the Giants quarterback for a long, long time. When the Giants are ready to win, they will not be ready to win. I hate to remind Giants fans or inform them. They'll be ready to win in 2021, not 2020. 2021 is the year that the Giants are targeting, I believe. Look, free agency is not the end-all and be-all, as the Giants found out uh, in in 2016 when Jerry Reese put a Band-Aid with uh, Snacks Harrison, uh, Janoris Jenkins, and Olivier Vernon. That was good for one year, and then everything fell apart. The draft is the lifeblood of the Giants and should be. With the fourth pick, they should grab one of those big offensive tackles to protect Daniel Jones for the next decade. Uh, so far, so good in free agency. Uh, like I said, Martinez, Stanford kid, smart kid, can be a leader, which they need on defense. And uh, James Bradbury, excellent pickup. Uh, he and Byron Jones, of course, were the cream of the free agent linebacker crop. He's 6'1", 212. Uh, he's what Eli Apple, what the Giants had hoped Eli Apple would be and never was. He'll be perfect at 26 years old, helping those young corners develop. And uh, they needed a number one corners, plain and simple, especially now with Amari Cooper re-signing with the Cowboys. All in all, a good good start to free agency for the Giants, and they're almost out of money. They won't spend it on Jadevian Clowney. Too expensive. They're not going to pay $20 million a year. They can't now anyway. So uh, they still need pass rush help. Uh, maybe they can find another guy to go with um, X-Man and the kid from Georgia, uh, whose name escapes me, but they'll, they'll do it. The total will be greater than the sum of the parts or something like that. They they don't have one elite pass rusher. They'll rely on guys like Fackrell and uh, X-Man and uh, the kid from Georgia. That's how I'll refer to him as. <laughs> There's a lot to address there. First off with the fourth pick, Simmons would be great because think about how bad the Giants linebacking core was. And if they could end up with Simmons, if there's a draft and, you know, if it's not done over like Google Meets or Skype sessions, because you imagine there's not going to be, they might not do it live. It might just be like a video chat draft, which is very 2020 and let's hope in the next month there's some you know answers to these questions involving coronavirus and everything going on and the quarantine comes close to ending. I don't know how many more months and how many more weeks I could stay in my house and, you know, eat my very average cooked food uh, and not, you know, eat out and not go out and live a social life. I don't know how much longer I could do it, but we're doing our best here. I thought that's normal life for you. <laughs> my normal life is I'm ever like, I don't, you know me, I'm always at a game, a charity event, something. So for me to be trapped indoors for weeks at a time is hell but i'm doing you got to do it and the people who aren't are really costing us but anyways uh you talk about isaiah simmons Th their linebacking core is completely overhauled if we're talking fackerel blake martinez and simmons so you either get him or an offensive tackle like you said right now steve their offensive line is nate solder left tackle left guard will hernandez center is spencer pulley and that's really where they need to address is to get daniel jones a center whether it's in the draft or if it's another free agent signing i know they hardly have any money left so they'd have to 
to really get a second-tier center if they do. Right guard Kevin Zeitler and right tackle is likely going to be Cameron Fleming, who's going to battle it out with Nick Gates right now. It's improved, but they still, as you said, they need to protect the young quarterback, and they also need to get a backup quarterback. Paul Schwartz wrote about Matt Moore being a possibility. If Daniel Jones get hurt, he already did in his rookie year. We saw it with Sam Darnold with the Jets, who's gotten hurt. Having a backup who's reputable, who could fill in, and they don't have Eli Manning this year uh, to fill in, is very important. You got to go get someone, right? Yeah, well, Matt Moore is the name being mentioned. He's uh, he's a guy that can come in for a couple of games and, and hold the fort. He's, uh, as a matter of fact, I interviewed him at the Super Bowl. Good guy. A high school buddy of mine knows him very well. He he helped that. Adam Gase swears by him. Adam Gase coached him in Miami. A good veteran, good in the locker room. He'd be perfect. Uh, as far as center, look, they may have to draft a guy named Cesar Ruiz. He'd be perfect. Not in the first round. They, they would have to hope that he'd be there with the fourth pick of the second round. And then they got guys like Wisniewski. Uh, he's a possibility that, you know, they missed out on Looney and Glasgow and they do need a center. I mean, Spencer Pulley is a good guy to have, but not as the starter. John Jalapio is out there, but I, it doesn't look like he's in their plans. He's uh, recovering from uh, terrible ACL, I believe it was, or knee. Yeah, they need they need a center. Can't solve all your problems in one free agency or one free draft. The Giants, I, I do think, are, are closer than people think. Even the prospect of a seventh playoff team, it's going to be hard-pressed for them to uh, to get in as a wild card. Like I said, 2021 is the year for the Giants. You know, they, they, they've made some good moves, but there's much more to do for them. Yeah, this is a, this is a six or seven win team at the very best right now, Steve. I think they got uh, a lot more work to do. And listen, they have done it in a smart way, in my opinion. Dave Gettleman hasn't blown money off the off the roof and, you know, go out and get over price guys Paul will mention later on about what uh, Reese did when he spent crazy in the uh, off that offseason a few years ago they haven't done that route Bradbury sure he got a lot of money he's not this monster name uh, that some corners out there are but you know 15 million a year is what a top corner is getting in this market so it's not really too much of an overpay they replaced Red Ellison with Levine Toilolo who's a blocking tight end so now you have Ingram Toilolo you're set there you expect in this heavy receiver draft that they'll support Shepard and Golden Tate and go get a receiver maybe in the third and fourth round get one or two receivers so you're right they can't address all their you know chickens here and get everyone fill all the pups up in the draft I know pups is the is the word of the year with Dave Gettleman uh and something that you've adopted using that word pup but uh so far so good for for the Giants I think fans should be satisfied with what they're getting without going you know too stir crazy and saying oh we didn't get this guy oh we didn't get this guy I think the approach so far has been pretty good and we'll see in the draft what happens AJ, AJ could you just hang on I got I, I gotta go wash my hands could you could you hang on a minute <laughs> you gotta have this you gotta have the sanitizer by your side here two things number one the guy the kid from Georgia I'm sure he's listening he he listens to every New York Post uh, podcast Lorenzo Carter Lorenzo I I'm sorry about that I temporarily forgot I I think I thought Lorenzo would have a breakout year last year I still think he's going to be an eight to ten sack guy He's what uh, I think he's going to be what what the Bears had hoped Leonard Floyd would be and what the Giants 
thought Leonard Floyd could be before the Bears beat them to Leonard Floyd in the draft. By the way, receiver is not as big a need as you think because of the emergence of Darius Slayton last year. You forgot to mention him, Jake. It's one year. I don't want to go. T- I know everyone loves Slayton so far. I still need to see more from him, but you need depth there because we see all the injuries that take place and Sterling Shepard with his concussion issues, who knows how reliable he's going to be. So that, you know, I look at it as two to three receivers they have, but past that, they don't have much depth. So you got to get another slot guy. You got to get a fourth receiver. You can never have too many receivers, Steve. That's true. That's true. They, they could use a big receiver for Daniel Jones, but Dave Gettleman is trying to build this team in the trenches inside out. That's how you build a championship team. That's why he drafted Dexter Lawrence. That pick was panned at the time, but Dexter Lawrence looks like he's going to be an immovable object in the middle. Having Dexter Lawrence there will help Leonard Williams. Now, was it smart business to to rent Leonard Williams for eight games and hope that you could sign him? I didn't think it was. It was a big gamble. Leonard Williams, I believe, with the proper coaching and the proper use I believe will be a very good player, a good player. He's not a great player. He's a good player, but I think he'll be a foundation piece and he'll be helped lining up next to Dexter Lawrence. I think the best is yet to come from Leonard Williams. People forget he did make a pro bowl uh, a couple of years ago with the jets. He's a versatile guy and he's very durable. That is part of his value. Now, is he worth $16 million? Of course not. So they can lower that figure by signing him to uh, a longer term deal, which I expect they will he's got to have a big year because they they put a lot of eggs in their basket to get him they traded draft picks to get him and Dave Gettleman knows that there was no way he could let him go after doing that so we'll see the Giants have a lot more work to do we'll see some of it in the draft we wish everyone their safest out there stay inside be smart do all the right things that doctors are saying but you know who does all the things uh right that doctors are saying it's Paul Schwartz New York Giants beat writer for the New York Post and he joins us next right here on Blue Rush with the New York Post And yes, joining us now is New York Giants beat writer for the New York Post. He's been a busy man despite the quarantine that is going on with everything going on with Dave Gettleman and the Giants signings right now. It is Paul Schwartz. Follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Schwartz. Paul, how is your quarantine? Are are you doing okay out there? Well, it's um, it's interesting, guys, because... um, um, you know, free agency, when it starts, when you cover a team, it's almost like a self-quarantine anyway, um, not to make light of it. I mean, look, the, the, there was a big debate whether the NFL should go ahead with this. You know, should is this appropriate, the optics of it? I thought all along, look, if you can go about the business of your business, then you should. We, we have not been told not to work. We've been told you don't go into the office, right? Work from home if you can. Well, that's basically what free agency is, work from home. Now, the Giants are a little different. You know, they have a real skeleton crew in their facility, you know, grinding out all these signings and these, uh, inter- you know, negotiations, no interviews or anything like that. But for, um, you know, I think it was the right decision for the NFL. Um, I think it's a little bit of a diversion for people who need it. A lot of people need it. There's no other sports. And if you can do your business safely, then you do it. And that's what it is. So yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, pretty much business as usual from a covering free agency point of view, you know, teams are busy early, it'll start to peter out a little bit now. And the Giants, you know, we can talk about some of these uh, agreements, not signings yet, certainly agreements. I think they got better. No, there's no no question they got better. What uh, They still need some help on the offensive line, and I think they're going to, as I prepare another mock draft uh, in the near future, I'm looking at uh, one of those 
stud offensive tackles slash guards, uh, but they still need a center, don't they, Paul? Yeah, I mean, right. That's not going to be something they do, you know, high in the draft. But um, yeah, they do. I mean, they have Spencer Pulley. He's still there as a center. Look, as we've said before, when you have so many holes and so many needs, it's like you have a house and it's falling apart. So you come in and say, I want to fix the roof. And I say, yeah, great, because it's, it's leaking in the roof. But I say, what about the basement? The basement's leaking in the basement. Okay, let's do the basement first. And somebody else says, well, we got to do the walkway. Nobody can get to our house. It's crumbling. So there's no really right or wrong answer when things are crumbling and when things need are in repair. The Giants went into this free agency determined to do one thing above all, put money in the defense. The defense, there was nobody on the team making any money on the defense. I think Dexter Lawrence was the high highest paid defensive player on the team. And he's he's going into his second year. So they knew, you know, you get what you pay for. They said, we have to spend a lot of this money wisely on defense. We don't have a middle class on our defense. If you think of it, all the guys you should have to anchor your defense, the guys who are 25, 26 years old in the second year of their contracts, the Giants had none of them because the drafts had been so so poor. So they needed to really find those, which is what James Bradbury and Blake Martinez are. Those are the middle the middle class, the 26-year-old guys on their second contracts. It just so happened the second contracts didn't come from the Panthers or the Packers. It came from the Giants. Did they give Bradbury the right amount? Did they give him too much? Was $45 million and $30 million guaranteed? Was, was that too much in your eyes or just the right amount? Well, look, it, it's not the right amount, but, but if you look at what starting cornerbacks are making in the league, $15 million – a year is not outlandish. Uh, you know, is he is he a fifteen million dollar a year player? Probably not. But in free agency, you have to kind of take free agency with with a different different thinking. You're going to overpay the first two days of free agency. It's a matter of is it? As someone said to me, is it a number that you can stomach? <laughs> not even did we get a great deal. Is it a number you can stomach? Look, they 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 thought the Giants thought that Byron Jones and James Bradbury were the two top cornerbacks in the market, which most people did. That's not, you know, revisionist thinking. If they needed to get one of those two, Byron Jones's numbers were way higher. So they felt for the money that Bradbury was the better choice. For the money, not the better player. The, for the money, the better choice. It's not exactly the murderer's row of cornerbacks. Don't they still need more help in that secondary, Paul? Yeah, well, look, if, if you look at it, Look, they need help almost everywhere, but they have, if you look at their safeties, they got rid of another B, Steve, sorry to say, Antoine Bethay, which was expected. They have Jabril Peppers and Julian Love, who they can start at, at safety, right? They'll probably add a veteran safety somewhere along the line. Uh, they have DeAndre Baker, who started, who, who will start again, hopefully better in his second year. They have James Bradbury. They have Corey Ballantyne, uh, Grant Haley. Yeah, they need, they need some help, and they're going to sign more players. They're going to have a draft. So, I, look, they needed a number one corner who was – 25, 26 years old, who is healthy and who they think is an upgrade. And they got that with Bradbury. That's, you cannot go into free agency and say, we have to fill every need and every hole. And, uh, you know, you can't do that. They, they, they had certain checklists and, and I was told uh, their key, their key thing was the cornerback and a middle linebacker. And they got the two guys they wanted. Can they afford another safety, though, Paul? Because the guys out there are Von Bell, HaHa, Clinton Dix, Demetrius Randall, Adrian Phillips, Eric Reed, Tony Jefferson, Clayton Gathers. Do they have the money left to go out and get one of those guys? Or do you see someone on the second tier or in uh, in the draft that they go after to address this need at safety? 
second tier. I mean, you know, they're not going to spend ten million dollars a year for a safety uh, right now. They they can't. And you know, just because there's a list of guys that we have heard of doesn't mean those are all good players. I mean, that's what happens in free agency. You start looking down the list. You're not you, everyone, and and salivating and. You know, people say, why not this guy? Why not that guy? Look, Clowney is not signed, right, yet. And everyone said, oh, he's the premier pass rusher, and and, and they're going to go. He's the only real pass rusher. He's not signed yet. What does that tell you? Is that he looks at himself as a $23 million a year player, and no one else in the league does. So, so he'll get a good contract, and someone will sign him. But, um, you know, you have to pay what you think it's worth, and you have to prioritize. Uh, I don't think the Giants looked at safety and said, we need to desperately find an upgraded starting safety safety uh believe me they'll 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 sign a guy with some experience of safety uh, it probably just won't be a big name you know two of the guys that they signed kind of a little bit under the radar i really like kyler fackrell former third round pick of the packers he can give you some pass rush he had he had 10 and a half sacks a couple of years ago he's a 6'3 250 he's a good player i like that signing joe judge's fingerprints were all over the signing of cody core who i thought they should bring back he's a terrific he's an elite special teamer obviously a reserve wide receiver but i really like that signing now again we talked about it paul they still need a pass rush well, Fackrell is a guy they hope can, you know, they look at Fackrell a little bit like Marcus Golden. Now, they're different players. Marcus Golden is a guy who had double-digit sacks in Arizona for their defensive coordinator, right, at the time, James Betcher. Uh, then he got hurt, and he had to work his way back from knee surgery. Fackrell has not been hurt, but he had 10 and a half sacks in 2018 for who? Patrick Graham, you know, the linebackers coach in Green Bay, by far his best year. And sometimes you have to look at what the surroundings are with the player. What happened in 2019 with the Packers? They said, we need to buy a pass rush, right? So they signed the two Smiths, two guys who want to get after the quarterback. Fackrell's role diminished. His pressures, his percentage of of pressures was good in 2019. He just didn't get as many opportunities, and there were other guys getting sacks. Now, is this guy, you know, Clay Matthews? No, but he's a guy they, first of all, as you said about core, good point, Fackrell is an excellent special teams player. So they paid a one-year, $4.5 million for a guy who will be on every special teams. Long, lean, athletic linebacker, 250-pound linebacker. Those guys are, are beautiful on special teams. So he'll play every special teams. He will be a situational pass rusher. And with Patrick Graham, they figure he can be more than that. So I thought all along the Giants were not going to go after Clowney and make their big splash for $20 million a year at a pass rusher. Sometimes you have to do it with a group, and it's still a need. There's no question. They have Carter. They have O'Shane Zimenez. They have this guy Fackrell now. They'll get somebody in the draft, I'm sure, somewhere, and they have to scheme it up. You know, this is the Patriots now. This is the Patriots light with, with Judge and with Graham. What they've done historically is have guys who who are the Kyle Van Noy types, who are good players who can get, who they scheme to be pass rushers, and then they go elsewhere and often are not great pass rushers because they don't have the same scheme. Paul Schwartz joining us for a few more minutes here on the Blue Rush podcast with the New York Post. The Giants had around $73 million, Paul, to spend when free agency started. Where do they stand now? I've read they have somewhere around $10 million and that, you know, it's pretty much they're almost done here and there's a couple maybe last-minute icings on the cake. But how much money do they have left and who else uh, do you think they could realistically get here? I know you wrote about Matt Moore uh, the other day as backup quarterback. 
And yes, it said that they spent about $63 million in contracts. That was the f- before the Fleming, Cameron Fleming, who, who they signed as a probably a backup swing tackle, can start if necessary. Another guy who, who very, very, you know, intimate knowledge, uh, Joe Judge with the Patriots, and certainly uh, Jason Garrett and Mark Colombo, the offensive line coach in Dallas. So he's a guy they know very well. Uh, you know, not a, not a you know, break the bank. He's our starting right tackle signing, but a guy who can start at left and right tackle and be a backup and, you know, maybe be a swing starter. Uh, he's getting about $4 million. So they're probably at around $10 million right now. You know they need to keep a reserve. They will. They will monitor the, the market now. They may make a few under the radar signings. Maybe they'll cut a, a guy here and there. But um, yeah, I mean the heavy lifting. This is the way it works. The first two days, gangbusters. You spend a lot of your money, and then um, you kind of monitor. I think it's going to get much quieter for the Giants now. A move here and there, and then you know after this, guys, it's really going to be interesting because then the business of the NFL. These coaches don't know when they're going to see their players. You know they don't know. You know they're not going to see them in April. They're not going to see them in the spring. Then you know the Giants could have started the second week of April, because they have a new coach uh, with their off-season workout program. That's not happening. The coaches are all scattered. Joe Judge is still in town, but the uh, the other assistants are all, you know, at their homes. Uh, so, you know, this is this is the wild, wild west. Nobody knows when they're going to see their players. By the way, the Eagles uh, just traded for uh, Darius Slay. Big need for them at cornerback, surrendered a third and fifth round pick. So in other words, uh, every team in the NFL got better or thinks they got better, just the way it is with the draft. Same thing. Paul, what what grade would you give the Giants so far in free agency? What a grade. Um, I would say a solid B. You know, I'm not going to say, I mean, I, I think I think you can you can break down all the, 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 look, the, the top guys. And, and look, we have to include Leonard Williams in this. They tagged him. Um, I'm not giving that a great grade because they had to tag him. And I think that's going to be a long period right now, right? What happens now? They don't have to, if, if the Deadlines stay as they are. They don't have to decide on Len Williams till July 15th, and that deadline could get pushed back. There is no urgency on Leonard Williams' agent part to do anything right now. And you know what's interesting? This is something that was brought up to me just this morning, is that what happened in the past with these with these guys who were tagged? Their agent says, well, we're not signing the tag, and you're not seeing them in the offseason workouts. You're not seeing them in the mini camps. You're not seeing them in, in anything, right? You're not, you know, the, 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 uh, anything that's all off season, when you guys are installing your, you know, game plans and you got a new coach, you're not seeing them. So tough luck with that. Well, guess what? There's not going to be any of that. So that's some leverage away from, uh, Leonard Williams and his agent. No one's going to be at the facility. So you can't say I'm taking my guy out of the facility because no one's going to be there. But I, I think it's a B. I mean, Martinez is an upgrade. I don't love, love, love him as an inside linebacker, but I think he's an upgrade. Bradbury is an upgrade. Fackrell is interesting. Uh, the, the blocking tight end for Lolo, um, I think he's he's fine. You know, he's a blocking tight end. He's fine. Fleming is a swing tackle. It's okay. They they got better on defense, which I knew they would because they had money to spend and they spent it. Do you like Dave Gettleman's approach, Paul? That he how he's handled this free agency. You know, he hasn't gone too crazy spending. Filled needs that they had, especially at linebacker. Do you like his approach this offseason versus past off seasons? Yeah, I think it's fine. Here's what I like a lot better than Jerry Reese in 2016 is that when they brought in Snacks Harrison and Janoris Jenkins and Olivier Vernon, they didn't know any of those players. Okay, they did their research on those players. They talked to people who knew those players, but they had no one in their building who had intimate knowledge of them. What is it like to coach these guys? And every guy they brought in now, they have intimate knowledge of these guys from their own coaches who've coached them in some way, shape or form. That is very 
very important because I would say that if they had coaches in the building who coached Snacks Harrison and Janoris Jenkins and Olivier Vernon, they would not have signed all three. They might have signed one or two, but not all three. So that's what I like is if they have guys that they can go to, you know, their their coordinators, their coaches and say, we're thinking about this guy. This is about what it will cost. Is he worth it? What are the ups? What are the downs? You know, this coach, this player well, and coaches, as you guys know, they love to talk about player own players. They love to talk about stuff. They're teachers and educators and they have egos and they like to say, I know this player. So they they had great intel on these guys. Yeah, I think the approach was fine. I don't think spending, you know, $20 million, you know, $22 million on a player was the way to go. They were not a one fix away from anything. They needed to completely reinforce their defense and they got unquestionably two starters who were better than the guys they had before. So that's a good start. Paul Schwartz, Giants beat writer for the post follow him on twitter at nypost underscore schwartz and check out his stories where i read all my coverage at nypost.com and in the new york post as well paul stay safe wash your hands stay inside and uh we'll talk to you next time all right guys be careful yep thanks guys that is a wrap for this episode of blue rush our new york giants podcast from the new york post thanks to the great steve servi for co-hosting the show and thanks to paul schwartz for bringing his insight listen to all episodes of blue rush by subscribing on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast if you're using apple rate us five stars and write a nice review if you will for steve serby i'm jake brown stay safe out there we'll see you next time <laughs>